whine, and cry. I mean, it's filled my social media feed for over a week now, but that's what you guys do is whine and cry when you don't get what you want. But that's why all of you are sitting out there and I'm standing in this ring. Kurt Angle, he chose me as his WrestleMania opponent. And, and honestly, that's a fantastic choice. Did you not hear all of my credentials a few seconds ago? I'm the former acting general manager of Monday Night Raw. I am a former Golden Gloves champion. I am a former United States champion. I am a former Money in the Bank champion. And I am a former Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner. And possibly after WrestleMania, Actually, as a matter of fact, after WrestleMania, I will be your new Olympic gold medalist. <laughs> so keep whining and crying because it's not going to change what I'm going to do to Kurt at WrestleMania. And it's not going to change what I'm going to do to this guy right now. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 149 of the Hoots Podcast. It is Thursday, March 28, 2019. We are right about, right around, I don't know, maybe 11, 10 days left before WrestleMania. It's the best time of the year to be a wrestling fan, uh, unless you're on Twitter every single day. Um, but that's not being new when it comes to professional wrestling. Welcome to the program, everybody. It's yours truly, the one and only Josh Lopez. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at uh, the Hoots Podcast. I am alongside my good brother Adam Daly on IG at Adam Daly Thirteen. What's up, my man? Hey, Josh. What's going on? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with this uh, happy, I guess, beginning of WrestleMania uh, week. We uh, two weeks, I guess we could really say because it's like a little ten yeah. day now. <laughs> but um, and I'm gonna break everyone's heart with this. Unfortunately, we were, this week we're going to have to skip our daily stop segment at the end, the TVPG portion of the show. Uh, my little one's under the weather, so that's why our show is going to be a little abbreviated, and uh, we kind of started a little bit late here today, later than we, we thought we were going to be able to. So um, that segment's going to be cut out, but um, she'll be she'll be re- the star of the show. Will be returning next week. Yeah, we we appreciate a lot of the feedback uh, for that particular segment over the last few weeks. Um, I, I've seen that social media. Some people reached out to Adam as well. Like yeah, uh, cool. she she's killing it, and um, we'll we'll get her predictions for WrestleMania next week. That next week will be our 150th episode. It'll be uh, game all through all 20 matches or whatever. How many matches gonna be at WrestleMania this year? We'll have that uh, prediction segment next week. But AJ's been killing it as part of the show so far. I had her behind a soundboard this week. Uh, we took a field trip to this like children's museum, and uh, basically we just I wanted to get her in the studio. And fortunately, the, the people that were so great, they actually let her in after you know people weren't supposed to be there anymore. So right. she got to play around with the mixer, got to play around like you know the mixing board stuff like that. She was doing some you know tweaking some stuff. Um, it was really really cool. She looked like a natural behind there. It's it's I took some pictures there. It's just like in twenty years if she's in the same spot, these will be like the really cute like you know then and now kind of shots. I want to give a couple shout-outs out of the way. Shout-out to Brother Carter, uh, the Absolute Mule. Um, got to catch up with him the other day, uh, doing some good stuff on the music directorial direct tip. Uh, he's traveling to different uh, colleges and doing guest seminars and stuff. So 
Uh, Brett Carter's doing, uh, he's making the rounds, man. I'm happy for him. He's, he's, I, I got to see a little bit of what he did uh, for his work when I was in New Orleans and like reading actual contraband sheets and this and that. And it, it, it's, it's very impressive what he does down there. So I want to give a shout out to Brother Carter. Um, shout out to Mimi. Um, Mimi, um, good friend of my, myself and Adam, uh, she's reached out and checked out the podcast over the last couple weeks. So shout out to Mimi. She has her own show on YouTube called Wrestling with Commute on YouTube with, uh, WWE Demon Diva, Issa, uh, from the Rat with That podcast. Go check that out. It's a nice little concept to see how wrestling fans are while they're stuck in New York traffic. I think it's a pretty funny show. So shout out to Mimi. It's fantastic. Mimi's one of the sweetest people that you're going to find on Twitter. So, and you guys know I hate Twitter. I don't use Twitter. It's it's something right. I, just, I I got turned off of. Um, but I still keep up with Mimi on there because she's she is a very sweethearted woman. So, and I don't mean to say woman. I I don't know. I don't know what to say anymore. I don't want to, you know, girl. But then that's offensive. She knows what I'm sorry. She's she's gonna laugh about this. That's my girl. She's my girl. So she knows that like I can I can joke with her. I guess so. Right. Um, shout out to MJ. Uh, MJ's been uh, dealing with some trolls on uh, Twitter, but she's held her ground, man. That girl's pretty funny as well. She got her own show, Who Got Next? And um, again, shout out to Ant. Um, over the weekend, he announced that he's going to be a father again uh, later on this summer. So shout out to Ant. Pretty cool deal. Oh, congrats. 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 Man, is- braver than me. One and, one and done. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's gonna be a big. It's gonna be a big week uh, for Ann and his crew down there. Uh, obviously, in their in his home uh, area and stuff, uh, they're having a big event for themselves, a gala, I guess, uh, for Rad with that next Thursday. And it's gonna be pretty cool. If you guys are going to New York for WrestleMania weekend, uh, go hang out with Ann. He's, I met him in person twice in Orlando and in New Orleans. He's a really cool, genuine dude. The same guy you hear on air. The same person you meet in person, and I think that's a little testament. It's something you don't see a lot these days when it comes to these type of shows. I can speak to that uh, uh, personally, and I hope it's the same case when we get to see some of you guys down the road. When myself or Adam go to some future WrestleMania down the road, like nothing really changes with us. Uh, this, we're the same person you hear on air with our nonsense as we are in person. So um, excited to go to a couple yeah. of them down the road. Not much different with me. Non-entertaining, bland, and sarcastic, I guess, right? That's minutes. <laughs> no reason to change it. couple business things I want to get out of the way. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review for the podcast. Uh, no matter what podcasting platform it is, we, I think we're on 10 different apps and podcasting devices, like Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. Just do us a favor. Subscribe to the show. Tell a friend about it. Let us know what you think about the show positively, positively or negatively. So, and then finally, uh, I have my website, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Uh, I'm going to post my schedule next week as far as what shows I am covering for WrestleMania week from a writing end. I'm going to be, um, I don't know, documenting around 90 matches <laughs> in a week. Uh, just with all the WWE shows and some of the other previews that are going on along the way, but uh, next week's gonna be busy, but it's the best time of the year. I'm I'm very excited. I'm excited to dish out some good content for you guys from my website, but also we're excited to kill, uh, deliver a killer show next week for our 100th episode. 
uh, 150th episode. But for this week, uh, we're going to run over a little bit of the card for the G1 Supercard. Talk about this week's Raw and SmackDown. Uh, Kofi Mania is now official now, so we'll get to talk a little bit about that. And then towards the end, I got some stuff I got to get off my chest over some stupidity I've seen on Twitter. And uh, make sure to be in the lookout. Yeah, I mean, that's actually what I'm interested in because I'm going into that segment blindly, so I don't know what's being said, what's not being said. Um, yeah. That's all. That's I'll admit for selfish reasons because it's it gives me the the best opportunity to make very snide remarks. Um, I, I, I like <laughs> uh, I like what's happening on Twitter, uh, like when we do the segment on here because again, I'm, I just don't use it and. There's a reason why I don't use it, and when I love to hear these these takes. And I like that I hear them anonymously, too, so I don't know who's saying it or whatever, so that way people don't think I'm going after them or whatever. It's just me telling jokes. I'll never forget the Young Club clip that we had where somebody was emotionally affected by uh, some type of angle. I forgot what it was, but... It's pretty fucking. I get they were trying to. It was just they, they were trying to just be dramatic and yeah, and and very descriptive. I know they they were just. It was a far reach. We'll say yeah. that. <laughs> uh, far reach is an understatement with most of these shows you listen to. Anyways, um, Madison Square Garden G One Supercard Ring of Honor New Japan joining forces for a big time pay per view. This is good beyond pay per view. Uh, your local pay per view outlets, Fight TV. Uh, you can also listen to it on New Japan World. Uh, it's gonna be pretty cool. You got Kevin Kelly, Ian Rickabani, and Cole Cabana on the call. Cole Cabana did a, a phenomenal job, uh, in the New Japan Cup for it being his first, uh, tour with New Japan Pro Wrestling at, after all these years and traveling to so many different countries. It's pretty cool for a guy like him to get that type of spotlight. And he did a pretty good job in the, uh, in the New Japan Cup. Speaking of the New Japan Cup, it came to an end this past weekend. Okada defeated Sonata. Um, essentially, Sonata for years was kind of like viewed as an afterthought after his run with TNA didn't mesh out well. And then he came back to uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. He joined the LIJ faction. And honestly, besides Naito, I think Sonata has been the breakout performer from that faction. I love Evil and some of the other guys in that faction, but Sonata has been delivering stellar matches after seven matches. To the point, man, like, this guy, he can wrestle up there with an Ibushi. He can wrestle as well in a match with Okada. I mean, their final match went 33 minutes. <laughs> that, that was a long one, but it was, it was worthwhile, man. Uh, Sonata and Okada were in the finals. Okada is your 2019 New Japan Cup winner. It's his second victory in uh, tournament play. And it's interesting, Okada, for so many years, was the champion, so he didn't have to participate in these type of tournaments, but... Uh, it was nice to get Okada get some steam back behind him. So at the main event of the G1 Supercard, it's going to be Okada against Jay White. It's going to be a rematch from WrestleMania, uh, not WrestleMania, <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom 13, uh, Okada against Jay White for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. What do you think about that, brother? Did you say Michael Nakazawa? No, I didn't. <laughs> no. All I heard was Michael Nakazawa. <laughs> my dog. Has, I, I know who my Michael dog Nakazawa just said Michael Nakazawa. <laughs> no, I, no, all right. Um, listen, kidding aside, because uh, that's the biggest running joke in between me and my daughter right now. Um, mm-hmm. 
no, literally, I just sent her a text message one day that was like that we finally got her phone. Long story short, um, other than the fact that she said "bro," like she's bro on me, you know, one day. But I just <laughs> sent her a long text message that said "Michael Nakazawa" like eleven, twelve, thirteen times in a row, just <laughs> little things like that. Um, so, um, as far as I'm a big Jay White fan, so I'm looking forward to this. Um, anything Switchblade is a part of, I'm, I'm already involved in. Uh, you know, I didn't keep up with the G1 Cup. You know, it's, I, I would admit there's – I have so much going on. Uh, I, I And it, listen, this is no fault of any other promotion. It's not – you know, this doesn't make me any less of a fan, guys. Like, you know, relax. Uh, but, you know, it's it's when you're running a business and you're being a parent and you're, you know, you know kind of sneaking in TV when you can. Um, I always say this, you know, 168 hours in a week, and I, I'm focused on some other things first, so – Raw, SmackDown are really all I've been, you know, getting in on. So, uh, you know, when we go through this card, please, you know, use the use the curve with me right now. I'm out of the loop of certain storylines, uh, unless it involves Marty Skrull, but um, that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> so, um, no, but you know what, man, I'm, I'm 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 I am glad that Switchblade got the because you know I am glad he's IWGP IWGP champion. I have been following him as far as that goes, um, and this should be a hell of a match. I mean, let's just call it like it is. JY is the biggest uh, guy in New Japan just from uh, catching up with the shows over the last couple months. Like, he's the guy. Like, if you think of, like, Seth Rollins' heel turn uh, and he's, like, the, the guy, the man during that era, that's where JY is right now getting his start in New Japan for wrestling as a champion. And I think, Josh, was it his – and I'm, I'm asking – I'm only asking you because you'll, you'll know for a fact, and I'm, I'm trying to, like, pull it out here. Um, was it his match with uh, Juice Robinson where JR took the bump? Yeah. The bump? Uh, okay. It was the one on Axis TV. I forgot which yes, sir. show it was, but, yeah – Speaking of another good match, man, I I remember that one. I was gonna say for me, that's I, I always kind of followed Jay White, but that was the match that really I would like like totally sold him on, or sold me on him. I guess you know what I mean, like because right. um, you know, listen, they New Japan blurs lines very well, and you know when that bump happened and and uh, when what's his name got involved, Josh it's just Barnett? yeah, Josh Barnett. There we go. Thank you. Um, there you go. And so I'm just gonna start using what's his name, and you're gonna fill in the blanks for me. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, I, I thought that was the match that like really turned me. Like like I was already kind of a Switchblade fan, like kind of watched from afar. But that that's you know ever I think all of us that have wrestlers that we follow, there's always that one moment, you know. Yeah. Um, for me, that was the moment that it was like, okay, I'm I'm I gotta I gotta keep following this kid, uh, you know. And it's such so weird to say kid because I'm like old now, but um, and I, I don't mean any disrespect by it. It's just I'm an old dude. So uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm excited. I'm happy for him too because I think that coming off of, and this is just me like spitballing and again, kind of looking at from a a um. Uh, I don't want to say, I hate the, I hate the term casual fan. Cause it just makes it seem like we don't, you know, I'm more of a casual fan now, but that doesn't mean I'm, I'm less engaged or intelligent. You know, it's just, I can't watch as much, but, um, yeah. I do think when you go from a Kenny Omega who was carrying, uh, carrying new Japan for a while, um, and whether it was bullet club or elite or like what, you know, during that war and all that kind of stuff. Um, but Kenny Omega was kind of the name and it was going to be hard to fill those shoes really you know um and i think jay has done a fantastic i do i really do think he's done a fantastic job now i'm guys i'm not saying he's kenny omega any kenny omega fans out there don't please don't get you know upset that's not what i'm saying but i think that the given circumstances they're different characters they bring different things to the ring he's been able to kind of transition new japan over into a new era pretty seamlessly where there could have been a drop-off 
you know, the the foundation with New Japan with their shows and how they structure a lot of their feuds is out of these four different factions they have. So in a regular New Japan show, you have six undercard tag team matches where faction members are fighting other faction members and they it's breeds into different grudge feuds or title uh, matches like Juice Robinson fought Chase Owens uh, for the U.S. title the other day. That was a fun match. Um, they had other rivalries like Ishii and Naito. Now with Okada and Jay White, the story here is that Jay White used to be a member of Chaos. Jay White turned his back on Chaos and joined Bullet Club. And Okada is the leader of Chaos. So it, it, it's very interesting uh, uh, from a storytelling aspect. And, you know, I... I didn't take any Japanese classes in uh, elementary or high school, but I'm kind of getting a little better grasp of the language. And yeah, if you go on YouTube channel, uh, uh, New Japan's YouTube channel, they have subtitles for um, what they're saying for their promos and stuff. But I, I'm getting more of a grasp of it, especially the cursing end, because uh, <laughs> like, let's say like you have an Ishii and Suzuki match, and they're just forearming each other the entire match. And this talking mad stuff to each other, uh, they'll say "Goya nera," and I know that's "Come on, bastard." <laughs> so it, I, I, I'm getting a little bit. I get more appreciation for the culture and getting understand their language. Now, if you ask me, I can't have a conversation with you in Japanese, but maybe I'll get there towards the end. Wait, of the let economy. me ask you a question, just because this is just out of curiosity. So, like when you were in high school, and and you know, a little bit of time you were in college, there did was Japanese offered as a as a language? No, it was Latin, British, and British. That's English. English. <laughs> we learned that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Latin, British, Russian. Good. Okay, yeah. so we didn't. All we had way back when I went to school in the 1900s. Uh, all we had <laughs> was German, French, uh, Latin, and Spanish. That's the only four that we had. Um, yeah. And Latin was such a dead language. It's, I mean, you it's, realistically, it was like German. I don't even know why we were learning German at the time. Like, I, I really don't. <laughs> Our school was so behind, man. I wonder if Jar Jar Binks language would be an offering. Oh, <laughs> how does he get looped in? How does he get looped in? <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So l- let me run down the rest of this car. I know you haven't had the opportunity to watch all what's going on, but, um, you know, it's a pr- nice little feature they got in this show. They're actually having the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship match on here. So that'll be even represented. So it got three companies represented. On I here. like that. Rev Pro does a really good job. So Zack Sabre Jr., the current Rev Pro British Heavyweight Champion, will fight Tanahashi. That should be a, a good match. Uh, I like that. I think they fought as much as Drew McIntyre has fought um, Dean Ambrose. But, um, you know, uh, it's only WWE that guys fight each other 10, 50 times. Uh, that's a little teaser for my rant later on. I was going to say, because yeah. I actually have something to add on today. We got, yeah, we'll say that for later. Um, well, here's the match I'm really excited for. IWGP IC title, Tetsuya Naito against Kota Ibushi. That's going to be sick. Um 
we have two matches on the show that are having both titles on the line. Like, for example, the first match of the show is Will Ospreay against Jeff Cobb, who played Mataza and Lucha Underground. The Never Open Weight and the ROH TV titles are going to be on the line for that match. Uh, and then the other one is uh, G.O.D., um, Tawatagi, Tangaloa, uh, Villain Enterprises, PCO, and Brody King against L.I.J. and the Briscoes. So both ROH and New Japan Pro Wrestling's tag titles will be on the line as well in that match. And then, you know, Bully Ray is having himself an open street fight. Bully Ray is not part of Ring of Honor. He's been there for the last couple of years. So obviously he's playing the bully part. So he's issuing a challenge for anybody. Just Let's have a New York street fight. So a lot of people are kind of hoping that Punk would make uh, an appearance there uh, for Masters Square Garden. Punk got his start on the television side with Ring of Honor before he came to WWE. I don't know if that'll happen or not. I'm kind of hoping that my guy Ishii or Suzuki will be a part of the show at least because they played as much a big part in New Japan's uh, popularity as anybody else that's on this show. But um, Can can we stop with CM Punk coming back stuff? Can we... I, I know. I, I, I'm, I'm, and obviously I'm talking to the internet, not you, Josh, but yeah. I, I, I know. Me too. You know, I, I do. I want him back too. But, you know, like I lost my dog last October and I want him back too. And it, it, I don't think it's yeah. happening. You know, so let's, let's, yeah. you know, let sleeping dogs lie. Um, sometimes we got to move on. And let's be honest. If, if CM Punk were to make it like a little summer of punk kind of scenario, all elite wrestling would be where it would be. I mean, let's, let's just be, I know, again, I know we always want to be the ones that say, I told you so. He's probably never coming back. So just, can we move on? <laughs> please, <laughs> please, for, for the sake of humanity, please. Last thing I want to mention on the G1 Supercard, uh, I, I know this will perk your interest because uh, Marty Scrolls in it. It's um, Jay Lethal, the world champion, uh, going against Marty Scroll and Matt Taven, three-way ladder match for the ROH um, World Tel- uh, not World Tel- <laughs> the World Title. Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, Jay Lethal and Matt Taylor fight each other at um, the 17th anniversary show. I didn't get to cover that show, but heard a lot of people were salty about it because it went 60 minutes and it was a draw. So um, I, haven't had, I haven't even had a chance to watch it. Even myself, for all the wrestling shows that I watch and write out, <laughs> I didn't get a chance to watch this one. Uh, but yeah, Jay Lethal, Marty Scroll, and Matt Taven three way ladder match. Um, you know, there's been uh, historic ladder matches at uh, Madison Square Garden over the years. You think of Shawn Michaels and Racer Ramon at WrestleMania 10. Uh, I think it's pretty cool that they're having a ladder match here for this particular show. So uh, um, I, we'll save our predictions next week, but I think it's cool. Marty is going to be on the big stage fighting for the big ROH World title at Madison Square Garden. And Jay Lethal, the guy who's been like the the constant of New Japan Pro Wrestling. No, not New Japan. Ring, Ring, of, Honor. Ring of Honor. Uh, it's now walking into MSG as the champion. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and you know, I, I think that this is a a nice way if they were in again, if you want to, you know, we'll do predictions next week if you want to do predictions, right. but this would be a nice way to if they still wanted to put the title on Marty and not have Jay lose, you know, I mean triple threat matches are always or you know, well, this is a ladder match anyway, so it's you know, it's that I guess that point was moot, but um 
at least you don't, nobody is taking, nobody else is taking a pinfall. You're not hurting anybody. And like you said, Josh, I, you know, Jay Lethal has been the standard in, in Ring of Honor. And, and I don't necessarily mean, you know, he's just, he's been there steady. He's been the guy that's been there that when they needed someone to put the title on, he was there. He had a long title run. I mean, he carried the guy. He's, you're, you're right. He's the guy that should be going in. It would almost be like if WWE did a show there finally after, however many years, you would expect Cena to walk in. Love him or hate him, you would expect John Cena to walk in as a champion with a young up-and-comer in some sort of match that, you know, and not that Marty's an up-and-comer by any, you know, stage at this this game, but making him Ring of Honor champion, world champion, will, you know, increase his value. And, and, you know, not for nothing, guys. This is, I think, a, a testament to the hustle, well, I always say I, I don't knock the hustle. I never knock the hustle. I don't care if I agree, disagree with somebody's opinion, point of view, whatever. You don't knock the hustle because Marty has been hustling merch, has been hustling his character, has been hustling for a long time, really trying to stand out for the crowd, and it's paid off. You know, uh, the genius behind the villain gimmick and 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 just the marketing behind it, and you know, uh, just the, the just the entrance and the apparel that he can wear. I mean, just he, he kind of has the total package thing going for him. And that's something that a lot of uh, a lot of I think it gets lost in the shuffle when we when we look at wrestlers because we do look at like in ring more for you know a, a lot of times first, but we forget that these companies are going to look at selling power, um, more you know name recognition, different things like that. And I, I just I, I love Marty because I I'm big on the guys that have really. Um, kind of had the cards stacked against them and had to really fight and scratch and claw to get there where, where they were at. That's why, you know, that's why I'm a big Jericho fan. That's why I'm a big uh, CM Punk fan. That's why I'm a big Edge fan. That's why, you know, I can, the list goes on and on and on. Right. But that is also why I'm a big Marty Skrull fan um, because I, you know, I, I, I remember when the, the whole villain thing started and I was like, oh, it's so brilliant and in an envious way, like, oh, so good. And just to see it blow up and to see how many people, you know, I mean, he had the what number one selling t-shirt of pro wrestling tees two, two years running. Um, that's not going to go unnoticed, you know, uh, just like it doesn't go unnoticed in WWE, even though we, we hate that to hear that, that, oh, Roman has the number one selling shirt and, you know, he was champion. Well, boohoo. He was moving the most merch, you know, um, right, <laughs> right now, you know, it, it's, it's interesting that we don't use that same label when somebody that we like is the one that's pushing the merch, you know, we kind of, we, we touch upon this every once in a while, but, but again, guys, this is the, I, I talked about hustle last week and just, you know, keeping, you always keeping like at it. This is proof that hard work does pay off. And then I'm not, whether he wins the title or not, just being in, in the main event of Madison square garden, the first non WWE show there in what you said over 60 years, Every man, including Matt Taven, that's something that they're going to be able to. That's that's a feather in the cap that they'll be able to wear for the rest of their wrestling careers. So, right, and you know what? Like I, I, I find this very interesting. Like uh, Marty Squall was doing a show like this for Wrestle Talk TV uh, when things were going slow for him for his bookings uh, before he got uh, hooked up with Ring of Honor and this and that. Uh, you know, grinding, you know, even trying to do something like this to add more uh, fuel to his personality and like, you know, coming up with different ideas and stuff like that. I think that's pretty cool as well. Life is about exposure, man. And not, and don't take that the wrong way, perverts. Um, life is about like when you're trying to, <laughs> I like that you just went dead on that one. You couldn't even like, didn't know whether to laugh or what. Um, I, you know, I, it, it is, but it, it's, it's about getting your name out there. It's about, you know, it really is about the hustle and 
like you said, man, like, you know, his bookings were down. So he's uh, my buddy, Roy Johnson in the UK. I mean, his bookings were kind of down for a minute. He was doing some side acting. He was doing this and that. And, you know, bookings come back around when, when you're, you know, it's not us listening to these podcasts and us as fans and us in the wrestling bubble. And, you know, we think there's this pay structure and it's easy and it's, 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 it's not, you know, like I, some of my friends that do this, that, that are title holders, that are in, involved with, you know, companies that, that we adore, not, you know, WWE, but companies that we adore. I mean, most of them still have side jobs that is their main job, you know? And so I, I that's why I'm, I, you know, like I said, I keep really going back to the hustle part of it. And, and, and I don't think that we as fans appreciate that enough. We'll we'll pick we'll make our predictions for the main matches for G One Supercard next week on our 150th episode. My picks um, bad and way off, but <laughs> but um, th- there's a lot of matches that a lot of people can be excited for, and that's a kind of thing that's going on with WrestleMania this year too. Um, as we transition to this week with WWE programming, um, sorry again for making our show this week a little abbreviated. We just have some other stuff that we had to. Uh, get to uh personally that we have to focus on but um got a sick daughter we wanted to get a show out of the way and also like last week i I mentioned before i told ad this that to make up the show that we did do um a couple weeks ago when i had the stomach flu um i re-uploaded our pilot episode on friday so we we gave you guys two episodes last week, uh, sharing our first episode of the podcast. So that was it was kind of cool. I didn't listen to all of it, but kind of here uh, we still had the same chemistry on air, as crazy as it is. Um, three that's years ago, as we do now, we're not playing characters. That's why you're <laughs> <laughs> not playing gimmicks. <laughs> that that's another good teaser for our later on segment. Oh man, yeah, right. Um, all right. So this week for Raw and SmackDown, um, I'm not. We're, we're not going to go over every single match for WrestleMania right now. That's, that'll be for next week's show. But um, you know, we had Raw this week in Boston. Good crowd. Um, I uh, yeah, I thought the crowd was yeah, on. I thought the crowd was pretty good on Monday. Uh, SmackDown in the Mohegan Sun Arena out in what was it Uncastville? I, I don't know how to pronounce that city's name. Newcastle, Connecticut. I I, I don't know. Uh, I never. I actually didn't see the city. I have to forget now. I know where Mohegan Sun is, but something like that. Anyways, uh, big takeaways for Raw and SmackDown this week from my end personally, and then I'll get Adam's thoughts. Um, loved, loved the Braun Strowman, Alexa Bliss, um, Michael Shay, Colin Joe segment for a moment of bliss. Uh, cool that they got the Saturday Live. Saturday Night Live backdrop in the background while the segment was going on. Nice little touch in synergy with uh, USA Network and NBC. Um, They're probably still writing. writing it, it was pretty cool. I, 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 I had a good kick out of the segment, but that was one of the main segments that got uh, some people's panties up in the drawer on Twitter on Monday, but I wasn't surprised by that. Um, you know, it was funny. This, this little teaser for what was going on here. Like, I saw somebody say that I've been watching wrestling since 1990, and this stuff with Colin Jones and Michael Shea is questioning my passion for it. Santina Morella. Lawrence Taylor headlined WrestleMania. Main event. Correct. Main event. Butterbean. But, oh, that, 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 listen, all I ever have to do with my one boy, and my boy we call Star, 
<laughs> I've known this dude my entire life, 30 years, 30, 30 some years. This dude, all I ever have to say to him is Bart Gunn and he'll just, he'll laugh till he cries. Cause we'll just, he'll, we'll never forget that moment of someone's head spinning completely around their body before they fall to the ground. Um, <laughs> listen, I, I don't understand why we know that there's going to be an entertainment, an, an entertainment value added onto this from outside Snooky. of WWE's bubble. Right. Snooky. Well, I, you know, I mean, just over the years, people that they've brought in, Maria Menudos is a big super fan. She competed, you know, right. um, she took flack for it. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of people that they bring in it, it, a, like you said, it's synergy with another, within other companies or other brands that WWE is affiliated with in their parent company, right. but, um, that they broadcast on obviously, but B it, it is whether, I mean, if you, if you don't like Saturday Night Live, that's, that, that's, you know, that's cool. But it is fun. This is kind of a fun thing, you know. Um, I don't think anybody, you know, most people, no matter what, you're going to get half of the half of the fans aren't going to like it. Half of the fans are. That's just the way it is right now because everybody has to be put on this little like side of left or right. Or a comedian can't be a comedian without being called something. Where Michael Che is the most like the most centrist comedian. Like I love Michael Che. Like it's he's 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 on po- like on point all the time. But. Um, you know, man, when you see, when you really look back at WrestleManias and see who's competed in some gimmick matches, and that's all this is, is a gimmick match that we've always said that, you know, what, what does the bubble always say? It's boring. We don't like it anyway. So who cares about this match? This is the bathroom break match. This is this. So in a way, who, why, it's not, it's, it's, it's really doing nothing for you anyway, but somebody like myself, now I am going to make sure that I watch that. You know, now so, think, think about this. Now, this is involving the Andre the Giant Memorial Barrel. I was in Orlando when Rob Gronkowski, by the way, who just retired from the NFL, helped Mojo Riley beat Jinder Mahal for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Oh, another thing, another celebrity was Chris Jericho buried when Mickey Wark knocked him out in WrestleMania 25. Only by Mickey Rourke's agents that wouldn't allow him to actually wrestle in the match or fight in the match. That's the only person that buried Chris Jericho during that feud. No, no. Listen, I and I, you're well. That's that's exactly your point, Josh. You're right. Like that's you know, it's people are just using it subjectively to whom they like and whom they don't like. You know, um, I was not syndrome. Yeah, listen, I was not a Snooky fan. I hated the Jersey Shore. I don't care if you're from Jersey. That was so bad. It was horrible to see people in Western Pennsylvania all of a sudden think they were fucking Vinny or whoever the hell their name was. Wasn't one of them named Vinny? Someone's yeah. always listen. I'm Italian too, but someone's always named Vinny in Italian family. Okay, so Ronnie. Someone there was named Vinny, I'm sure. But yeah. But no. But my point is though is I I did not none of us and let's face it none of us wanted none of us were excited about Snooki being at WrestleMania 27, right? Right. And then she actually got in there and surprised all of us. Exactly. <laughs> Seriously, like, let's, like all all the BS aside, personal feelings aside, she was entertaining in her match. It that's all that they're asking for. So in a in a match that's being labeled every year as bland and boring, and it's just a recycled Royal Rumble, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean you know. Well, then maybe they're going to try something different this year with it. How do we know that Colin Jost and Michael Che aren't actually on Braun's side and they're going to help him win? You know, we don't, I mean, there's, and again, maybe I'm overlooking fantasy booking, whatever, how, you know, but that's what the fun of these stories is supposed to be. We want to fantasy book. It's not, and none of them are ever going to come true, but that's what they want us to do is what could possibly happen instead of con in the only people that are, that are burying these things are the fans. 
without 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 even seeing it take place yet. Here here's here's a hot take since people love the, the term hot take. Uh, Avengers Endgame is going to suck. It's been drawn out. This whole fucking fiasco of like 85 movies with all it's done. It's boring. It's, 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 I'm over it all. I want new actors. I want new stories. It's dumb. It's horrible. Please have Captain Marvel be the hero of it. Also men get mad and I'm serious. Like I just want it all. I want it to be over so bad there. There's your stupid hot take that everybody likes. And I know everybody's going to really hurt some people on that one, but that's how you people sound when you whine about these little trivial stuff like this. They're trying to at least engage some other people. John Stewart got involved. People hated it until John Stewart actually got involved and helped Seth Rollins win. The in crowd popped for it. But then the next night, people wanted to boo John Stewart. It's like, realistically, take your politics out of it. I take my politics out of. Con- I wouldn't be watching wrestling if I if I couldn't take my politics out of my entertainment. It's just straight up, you have to like really consider like what you know the the product that I'm watching and whom is in government right now from this family. You know what I mean? Like you could, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't want, you know, but you don't punish the entertainers. You don't punish that for your own personal beliefs. I mean, right. Unless, unless it, 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 it's it's something with your own personal, like religious beliefs, vindictive, something like that, something to where it it compromises you, you know, you as a person, but a a character on a wrestling show never should, <laughs> nor should two comedians coming in. One who's, who's a super fan. I just think there's a lot of jealousy of people that are, have failed in their dreams and are stuck working the, the eight to four thirty. I have to punch a time clock job. Right. Sorry. There's your hot take back to you, Josh. You know what? Since we're, <laughs> since we're doing hot takes and I want to do sports of practice and, a learning thing. Too. That's why I keep saying it like that. I want this to be a little ex- a learning experience for our good brothers and good sisters who are listening to this show right now. For example, Braun Strowman was never going to be the next guy. No. And no. I want to I want to add on to this. Last year at WrestleMania, everybody's like, "Oh, who's this guy from the past that he's going to bring out to take on the bar and Sheamus at WrestleMania?" Braun Strowman won the Raw Tag Team Titles with John Coates, the referee's son, Nicholas. Braun Strowman won a title at WrestleMania last year with a kid that's a kid of a WWE official. This year, He's getting to interact on a mainstream level with guys. Don't be surprised if Braun Strowman actually appears on Saturday Night Live this weekend or next weekend. Yeah, I think they come back this weekend live, I'm pretty sure. And then I'm not sure about the following weekend after that. But, um, but you know, and this is something else, Josh. What do we, we, always used, uh, we always used to say that there's always the Strowman moment, right? We kind of yeah. always, we, we started out on, like Sam and I started out when we were you know, doing our show a couple years ago. And then we kind of carried it over. There's always that Strowman moment. Strowman is more of like a moment guy. And I'm not saying that eventually he will have a chance. He will have a title, but this Strowman isn't a guy. And I'm not yet, yet. And I keep saying yet that you're, they're going to put a title on there at, at, at a WrestleMania. I'm sorry. Instead of saying that at WrestleMania and that's nothing against Braun Strowman. But when we all look back, it's him destroying a car, him yeah. pulling down a set, him, right. you know, it's, it's him doing these extreme things, him having to take 16, fives or something like that. You know what I mean? Before it's, it's more about the moment with Braun that we, we get a kick out of because he's a, this giant that can do these, these superhuman things. Well, um, here's the thing, brother, think about this. Every, 
every uh, whiner on there on Twitter right now that's like, oh, Braun Strowman's going to be the next face of the company. He's going to be the champion, this and that. Those are the same people three months from now would be bitching about, oh, we need smaller guys getting an opportunity at the championship. Oh, Braun is unstoppable. He's You, you can't make it um, – realistic for somebody to be there for the championship, right? right? It's the same people. We go through this reciprocal bullshit of hot takes and then they flip their hot takes when That's it doesn't it. go to their own fucking reality. It, I want you guys to try something. Dish out a hot take. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be wrestling, sports, anything. Take a hot take and let it simmer for a couple minutes and then ask yourself, are you vindicated with your take on that particular topic? If not, then you're not being genuine with, with your wrestling thoughts. What amuses me about the Strowman argument, and and again, I, I do think that Strowman's going to end up with a major title, like sooner than later. I so I'm not. This isn't me burying Braun Strowman. I like Braun Strowman. I love Braun, dude. I love Braun Strowman. Um, but I, these are the same fans that can't wait for Seth Rollins to be the one that's the face of the company yet you're complaining that Braun Strowman isn't in a match to be the face of the company yet. And it's like, you have to make, you have to make, you know what I mean? Like that's, everyone's always talking out of both sides of their mouths. So it's always, you know, it's been for the longest time. It's Seth got, you know, Seth should be running with it. Seth should be running with it. Not Roman or this or that, or, you know, now Seth's face run, or it should be, it should always be somebody except for whom they choose. And that's the contrarian attitude that we have as a society right now. I just love the fact that, Roman Reigns is not in the main event of WrestleMania this year, and the women are main event of the show. And people are still whining and moaning as it was this time last year. And this, no disrespect to either guy, because I think this is going to be more about um, more about Drew than it is Roman. But um, I don't even really see this as being one of the major players on the card. So for anybody to say that that Roman is, you know, all oh, he's back and he's already getting shoved down, th- to me this isn't even top four matches on my right. And, and again, no, you, you know, I'm not a Roman Reigns hater. I, I, you know, I'm actually a guy that re- respects the dude and, you know, appreciates what he does in the ring. It's not, I'm not, you know, generally it probably won't be, but for me personally, from an interest standpoint, it is. I'm trying to think of what my list would be. Like for me, I just thought, okay, this is going to be this, this will probably be in the first hour of WrestleMania, right? This will be between the seven and eight o'clock hour. I would imagine. I, I think it probably start off the second hour. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I can see mm-hmm. that. Um, so something like that, you know, earlier in the show, it's not, you know, it's it's still a good spot. It's still a good spot on the card. He's still on the card, but it's not one of those major matches that were, you know, what I mean. It's not that market, like you said. It's the women this year. Finally, thankfully, you know. A um, couple other things I want to mention from this week's uh, shows. Um, I really like the stuff with Seth Rollins and Paul Heyman. I, it was good. I got- I thought that was a good segment. Um, Elias touring uh, New York was pretty funny. Um, I'm starting to remember some matches. You know what? For it being a handicap match, I really liked what Finn did with Bobby Lashley and Jitter Mahal. The crowd was into it. I thought that was a pretty solid match, actually. I don't know about you. Uh, well, I didn't get – I, I skipped through matches. That's actually what I was going to talk about when you were saying mm-hmm. WWE, that, you know, people wrestle each other like 10, 15 times. Like, you know, we kind of joked about it. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean – I. I Everyone that's listening to the show knows during Raw SmackDown, t- unless it's a women's match um, or a championship match, typically we fast forward just through it just so, just because then that way the matches on the pay-per-view feel a lot fresher. You're not seeing the same things happen, you know, 
uh, it's it's not all the exhibitions leading up to the main match, you know. Um, I, I like the main match, and it kind of keeps it. But that's how I grew up, though. You know, I grew up on in a time where you didn't see somebody wrestle. Sometimes I wouldn't see Mr. Perfect wrestle for three weeks, and I'd be crushed, Ooh. you know. And then when Mr. Perfect. And then I finally, but it was all the vignettes every week, you know. But that kept me just as, it, just as intrigued. So for us, it's, you know, for I've noticed for, you know, myself, my daughter, it's, it, it seems like when we save the matches for the pay-per-view, it, we're, we're absolutely more engaged in the matches. And, um, I, again, though, unless it's a championship match, and that's something with SmackDown that we'll talk about. You know, today is Mr. Perfect's birthday. I wanted to mention that for everybody watching at home. Yeah, Mr. Perfect's birthday. I, I don't know how old he would have been today, but... Um, Josh, that, my friend, was, was the perfect segue. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, you know, I, I want to mention this really quick. There's a reason why I'm holding off the Charlotte Oscar thing, because it's actually centering around the Twitter topic I want to have at the end of the show. Oh, boy. Because I've seen I've seen some dumb takes after Roman Reigns matches or certain title changes that people weren't expecting on the show. Like, I've seen that before, but this one hit the cake on Tuesday, man. Holy shit! Well, let's, well, okay, well real quick, let's, we'll do Kofi Mania real quick, and then yeah. we'll get to that. Then let's do, yeah, let's we'll squeeze Kofi Mania because that that's a big one. Yes. Um, anything else from Raw that stood out to you before we get to Kofi Mania? You know, my list was pretty much the same as you. Stuff that it, like that I remember. Um, Heyman's great as always. Him and Rollins, I thought I, I really did dig Seth Rollins promo a lot. Um, you know, I I think that. Uh, See, I like the stuff with Jost and Che, you know. Um, it, it's funny because Jost is, you know, all the people that are booing calling, oh, Joe shouldn't be a part of this. This is dumb. That he, he's supposed to, this is, he's playing his character, right? Oh, he, he is. He's okay. bringing the heat in this segment, okay. man. <laughs> Those segments are funny. I don't care who you are. It's, it is what it is. But mm-hmm. I thought that was, I really thought that was a fantastic segment. Um, I think that, uh, um, let me see, I mentioned Elias, um, Aaron, you know, Elias, all of Elias is possible to get to. Yes, sir. I, I like the part where they redid the uh, TNA part where Joe headbutted Kurt Angle. Uh, originally, Kurt Angle headbutted Samoa Joe when Kurt Angle made his TNA debut. So they did it reversal for um, their last match on Raw on Monday. I thought that was pretty cool, actually. Gotcha, gotcha. It looked like Kurt was pretty gassed after that match. Like, as yeah. soon as he rolled out of the ring. Did you notice that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I just, I, uh, by the way, I got a promo from Baron Corbin that I'm going to air at the beginning of the show that wasn't shown during Raw. It was happening during the commercial break. It's fucking phenomenal. Uh, brother, I think you'll enjoy it as well when yeah, you get to yeah. listen to it. And listen, Corbin's <laughs> holding up his end of this. That's that's another thing that for everybody that is kind of knocking Baron Corbin and saying it's underwhelming and, you know, um, again, it's, you know, if this, maybe this isn't the match that everybody wants, but. Baron Corbin's absolutely doing his job. I think he's been fantastic. So, right, you know, I, I'm I'm excited to see what they do next week as far as that match is concerned. Uh, this definitely did the end of the road for Kurt Angle, and um, it's gonna, you know, get to have that thing that Ric Flair had. You know, get to uh, close out, uh, get to end your WWE end of uh, your wrestling career. No, I don't think Kurt Angle's gonna show up in a different mm-hmm. wrestling company. Like Ric Flair did. No, I, I think this is, you know, uh, being a Pittsburgh boy, I, you know, you, I, I think all of us around the area that, you know, kind of somehow weirdly are connected to Kurt Angle because Pittsburgh is such like a small city, but like everybody knows each other. It's real weird. It's like three degrees of separation here. Um, <laughs> I, I think Kurt's, you know, ready to, to walk away. You know, it, listen, this man has put his body on the line for 
20 some 25 yeah whenever the since since way before the olympics back at Cla- you know clarion university um this dude's been been really at if anybody deserves um and has earned the right to walk away on the main stage it, you know kurt angle was going to be one of those guys and i wouldn't be surprised man if you know we always think that when somebody goes out they're going to put that next guy over in a way just, baron corbin just being in this match is already over like it or not so this could be one where as much as, you know, we all hate the fact that Baron Corbin, I don't, but as far as, you know, everybody hates the fact that Baron Corbin's in this match. Who's to say that Angle doesn't actually walk out a champion like the gold medalist that he is? I mean, he did win a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. I don't know if you've heard right. that before, but um, yes, I've been, somebody told me that, you know, somewhere along the way. So, <laughs> you know, so who knows? I mean, you know, this might not, again, this isn't Shawn Michaels he's going against. This isn't like AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, you know. Uh, this this might be you know and Baron Corbin is such a great antagonist that and he, like him or not he's great at putting people over and he's already over what like it or not so um, that's why I, I I'm I've been really more engaged in this than I thought I was going to be one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time is Kurt Angle against uh, Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 21 oh, if you sorry. haven't seen that match please go out of your way to watch that one. I was at 19 to watch uh, Angle and Lesnar go, and that was still one of the most incredible, 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 like, you talk about WrestleMania moments. And that, I mean, that was a great WrestleMania to, to be at, but, um, especially the, the spot at the end with the shooting star and everything kind of, you know, knowing the story afterwards, it's, it, it was a, it was a great, that's a great one that, you know, speaking of, as a fan, feathers to put in your cap, that was a great one to be at. Let's talk about Kofi Mania. Um, I put Mania. I, I put the title of my SmackDown article this week: Our New Day B Plus uh, Players, because that was the theme of the show. Where Vince is like, "All right, Kofi, you're done having chances now. Are the New Day a B Plus act or B Plus tag team? Uh, now the thing is, are they going to carry their weight and help Kofi um, get his chance at WrestleMania? They had the tag team gauntlet match." Um, I just thought it was pretty cool because, you know, besides the performances of what Kofi Kingston has been doing in these matches at the Elimination Chamber or uh, SmackDown and some of these gauntlet matches or five ways or multi-man matches that he's been having recently, I think Big E and Xavier Woods have played just a big part in this as Kofi has done. Just the whole group in general have done a really phenomenal job. And also, I want to give a shout-out to Daniel Bryan because, again, this dude has been delivering some of the best heel championship like promos and stuff I've, I've heard in a long time. Uh, he's playing a great – he's doing a great job with this uh, feud right now. And, um, you know, I ended up with the New Day actually win the, ta- the tag team gauntlet match. The Usos for- forfeited during the match. I thought that was a nice spot. Um, I it was, loved that. It was really cool. What did you think about it? Oh, the, uh, I loved like especially the Usos part. I thought was fantastic. Um, that that was really cool to see. Um, you know, fans might like it, hate it, whatever. It's one of those respect level things that I know it's supposed to be all about conflict all the time. But when they moments like that again, or I think are awesome. You know, um, I wouldn't even mind it being turned into, you know, I keep talking about this, uh, having New Day versus the Usos and, you know, um, in some sort of match, whether it's a multi-team match or even it's just, just those two going against each other and all of New Day walking out with titles at WrestleMania, you know. Um, but I am in total agreement. I love the new Daniel Bryan more than I can put in the words. Um, <laughs> you have no idea how much I love the new Daniel Bryan. And this might be... 
I, I, I mean, we could all like whatever because we could all debate and it's all like whatever hot takes or whatever. But I, I, I could probably make an argument that this has been the best Daniel Bryan's been in WWE, you know, since, since entering WWE. Um, and you know, I, as, as far as the Kofi Mania thing goes, the one thing that I'm concerned about that might def- which they'll play into a storyline, obviously, but I'm just waiting for them to drop just de- to deflate everybody. When correct me if I'm wrong, but when Vince ended SmackDown, Vince said Kofi's going to WrestleMania, right? Correct. Yes, he did. He, but he didn't say it was a championship match. He just said Kofi's going to WrestleMania. I know it's been announced on social media, and I know it's been you know I know they've kind of shown the graphics and stuff, but. Vince technically only said Kofi's oh, going to He said, can a B-plus player beat the WWE champion? Ah, okay, good call. good call. Yeah, 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 good call. Mm-hmm. I, that's right. That's right. He added on to it. Okay, you're right. You're right. Because that was my first thought was, man, they're going to keep dragging this out for another week or make yeah. Kofi do the same thing Daniel Bryan did. I, I actually thought that for a second that they were going to announce on SmackDown this coming week that Kofi was going to have to fight Rowan to fight Daniel Bryan, almost the same way Daniel Bryan had to do the same thing at WrestleMania 30. Um, you know, I, I actually thought that that it was going to be one of those scenarios again. They were just going to keep kind of playing into it. But you're right. I totally forgot about that last night. Thank you for correcting me, brother. Here, Here's a hot take. And I'm not used to this hot take because I, 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 it's not something that I live or die by or like, oh, look how big of a stance I'm taking with this. You know, like, that's not how I deal with things. Um, I've enjoyed this new Daniel Bryan thing. 10 times more than Daniel Bryan's push towards WrestleMania 30. And that may be blasphemous towards the people because they thought that's the greatest uh, uh, underdog story in WWE history. We all are entitled to our opinions. I thought that stuff was forced, in my opinion, out of spite towards CM Punk at that time. And at the, at the end of the day, I, 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 I mean, I'm enjoying this. It's kind of cool. Daniel Bryan, a year ago at this time, was ready to have his first match back off of coming off retirement. And now he's heading into WrestleMania as the the main bad guy on the show. I'm not, I'm not considering Brock Lesnar the main bad guy. Nope. Brock Lesnar is just Brock Lesnar at this point. I That's already said a hundred times on this podcast that I'm indifferent towards him. So I, I don't even get pissed off towards him. Like I didn't even say anything when he came out in Chicago uh, last uh, a couple weeks ago. See, I like the reaction he gets from the crowd. I like the natural heat. Um, and uh, you know what? I, I'm trying to think. I, I wanted to piggyback off something you, you said there, but then I started thinking about Lesnar and, you know, um, <laughs> and, and, oh, the, Dana, the two Dana yeah. Bryans comparing the two. I was at WrestleMania 30 and I was at the Royal Rumble that year that Roman won. Uh, I'm sorry. I was at the Rumble that Daniel Bryan kind of got, uh, got yanked out of the Batista one. Yeah, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That Roman, like, kind of like, you know, Roman's career kind of took off from there. Um, you know, I I think because I don't know, maybe because I was at those two events and and the Raw after, I don't know, or maybe because you know, I I don't know. I think it's hard to compare the two, and it's in in some ways unfair to compare the two, just because then we're going into more opinions versus anything else. You know what I mean? Like, because it's obviously one was. I actually looked at it not in that he got it in spite of CM Punk. I thought that he almost got it 
because of CM Punk. You know what I mean? Like Punk left the company that got the fans upward because the fans wanted Daniel Bryan anyway. It was, it had less to do with, you know, CM Punk getting a championship, but him saying Daniel Bryan is the guy that should be there, you know, along with the, the fans saying that he should be there. And there was something organic about that moment. Maybe it was the time, you know, maybe it was the time frame. Maybe it was because of Punk leaving. Maybe it was, you know, that I do feel like there was something special behind that as well. But there's right. something also gripping about this storyline about how, you know, how they were uh, able to bring in that, that race is an issue and with, with touching, touching upon it, but not beating it to death. You know what I mean? Like I, I thought they, they did a really good job of engaging the storyline deeper than just an underdog story. So I, in a way, feel like this is Daniel Bryan giving back for what he was able to do before. And I know that's being so super optimistic and like looking at all like sunshines and rainbows and unicorns and all that kind of stuff. But (laughs) that's honestly, that's, that's kind of how I'm looking at at the two scenarios between that Daniel Bryan and this Daniel Bryan. So I, I'm enjoying them both equally because I really love that Daniel Bryan run. Um, I know some people didn't, I know, you know, I obviously know that you, you didn't really care for it. I know, you know, some of my friends hated it. I mean, I hated it. But um, I, I'm actually enjoying both equally because I think he is, he's been able to tell a story um, not only as the underdog, but now as almost the the authoritarian in a way, you know. Am I am I a bad wrestling fan that I rooted for Batista to win that match? No, everybody uh, burned Twitter down. No, it just makes you a wrestling fan. You know, that's <laughs> that's the beauty of it. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I went too deep with that. I don't know. You guys are probably. No, I, 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 I think you're coming from with that. Yeah, that's all. I mean, I guess it was just something. There was something just so. Because Daniel Bryan winning the championship, I remember at WrestleMania uh, 28, some things happened down there, and you know everybody was guessing down there. That's really where it yeah. started. So I guess that, that two year build up of it, you know, was was different. And and the, the, both of them have different feels to them. I guess that's why I appreciate them both. And and I like I actually like that Daniel Bryan is a part of both of them because he's able to tell both sides of the story and he's done it fantastically. And I think this is where we um, Daniel Bryan is is isn't as appreciated enough. Um, and I was wrong, you know, before the heel turn, I was wrong saying that his weakness might be his mic work. And, you know, once again, like always, they prove us wrong. Right. And you know what? Like, I think the biggest thing that, um, stood out to me when it came to Daniel Bryan in that WrestleMania wasn't the fact that he won the title was the fact that like, I think for anybody who watched that show, I thought the best part of it was his match with Triple H. (laughs) <laughs> more than him winning the title that night. But that's yeah. just my point of view. But see, no, I, I agree with that because I think there was that – there was still that what if he doesn't kind of scenario. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he, you know, uh, Triple H could beat him. I think once we was in the, in the main event, we knew. And, you know, maybe they just laid on the underdog stuff a little bit too thick with injuries and stuff like that. But again, we're, you know, they're telling a story of, of, you know, like Spider-Man isn't the biggest dude and he's, he gets thrown all over the place, you know, but ends up, you know, you don't, nobody knocks on Peter Parker when he shows up the next day, all bandaged up and stuff like that, whatever. So, so right there, we had a discussion about Daniel Bryan and we were in two different angles as far as our thoughts on how that few went about it. Right. So think about this folks. I understood where Adam was coming from. I didn't call him a jackass. I did. Thought I did understand where you're coming from, from it too. Like I absolutely understand those sides. Yeah. So there, there's been times on the show that we agreed or whatever. uh, And that's fine. Like, there's been like a perception that I, if, um, 
there's the perception out there for all wrestling shows and different podcasts. That if you don't agree with what the host says, then you don't know what you're talking about. This or that. And honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of that stuff. Cause I never brought that approach on, on air, whether I was on radio or on YouTube or wrestling warm up or the pipe bomb or this show. I never brought that mindset towards you. You could agree and disagree with everything I say. You could disagree with everything I've said on the show so far. And I wouldn't have any ill feelings for you because that's your prerogative. So going because it's just opinions. (laughs) (laughs) We can't have opinion facts. Facts are facts and opinions are opinions. So I want to bring up this tweet um, that I saw. Nice. I love, I love, I love random tweets. So the biggest thing besides Kofi mania becoming official this week on raw was Charlotte, Charlotte breaking history at rest, uh, not as break, breaking history on SmackDown as we becoming the eight time, uh, women's champion. I'm pulling this up. Just give me one second. All right, here we go. And kudos to her. And she's, Probably the best wrestler. Uh, I don't know. Go ahead. Screw Vizic Man and anyone who agrees with this decision last night. Just retire, old man. You have lost your touch with this business. And under this tweet is a screen grab of a report from uh, Meltzer. So it says this. Meltzer saying in the Wrestling Observer forums, allies scriptures required, by the way, uh, that McMahon changed his mind yesterday after about leaving the belt on Asuka. According to Meltzer, Vince didn't feel it was worth having a 17th or 18th match on the card so Asuka would have an opponent that no one would care about. So instead, Vince incorporated the SmackDown Women's title into the headline bout. So not only were there's a big bitch fest that happened while SmackDown was going on after Charlotte beat Oscar for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I kind of engaged in it. And like, I wasn't complaining or anything about it. I, 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 I was just like, here, here's, here's where I'm going with this guys. So I'm reading a lot of this stuff and Oscar's buried. And this is another example of Vince not caring about Japanese wrestlers and this and that. And like, I forgot that we're in WrestleMania season. It's bad take season. But bad, here's, here's the problem. Bad take season happens year long. It's an annual thing. It happens every year. It doesn't matter if it's SummerSlam or Survivor Series or Royal Rumble or WrestleMania. This shit happens yearly <laughs> on Twitter. And here, here's what I don't understand. So Asuka was undefeated in NXT, right? Beat Goldberg streak goes undefeated into her first WrestleMania and had literally one of the best women matches in WrestleMania history last year with Charlotte. Okay, her streak comes to an end. So now that she's taking a step back, she beats Becky Lynch at the Royal Rumble. To, you know, oh, this is because you win the title at uh, Royal Rumble. It's not a big deal these days, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's not proper booking or hot shot booking or whatever terms that we're still using in 2019. I, I can't understand for the life of me where people come with this dumb narrative that Asuka is buried. Here's some truth for you guys. Asuka should never been the SmackDown Women's Champion during this feud with Charlotte and Becky. Never. 
there's I he was a placeholder the entire time. And honestly, that let's let's call a spade a spade. The the SmackDown Women's Championship has been totally forgotten about. Let's just just you know you know there was no direction where I know they had it set up where there was going to be a fatal four way right for the number one right. contender and but you know my fear with that is is it you always want somebody on a card you want to be on the card yeah you want to be on there somewhere but is it worth having a championship in a match that people are going to say eh you know I, and I don't I don't mean to say that but right now. With the women headlining WrestleMania, and let's think about this from a marketing standpoint as well. You have your Raw women, first time ever that women are headlining WrestleMania. Correct. You have your Raw champion, you have your SmackDown, now you have your SmackDown champion, and you have your 2019 Royal Rumble winner. You have the three, right now, most in, in, the three most important women in the past year when it comes to WWE programming are in the same card, or in the same match rather. But not, I understand both titles aren't on the line here, but now you throw in that, a, whether you like it or not, a flair comes in with a championship and a chance to unify two championships. Ronda Rousey, the baddest woman on the planet, arguably the biggest name in women's sport, is carrying the WWE championship in. So there's your there's your legacy side. There's your the, 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 there's where all the the old heads know. There's where you market from a wrestling legend standpoint. Then there's with Ronda, you're marketing to to the MMA audience. You're you're marketing to the casual audience. You're marketing to. But then you bring in the Royal Rumble winner Becky Lynch, the one that us fans are pulling for, right? right. The man, the one that the wrestling bubble is. I know people don't want to hear this, but that's the best thing they could have done. Not only for the championship match, but for Oscar right now, because Oscar, it wasn't her fault. Oscar's value was dropping because Becky Lynch right now, love it or hate it, because she had the crossover onto Smack or onto Raw for this feud. Realistically, is the one that should have been carrying the SmackDown championship, but because we wanted her in the main event, Oscar got lost in a shuffle. Boo WWE all you want, but there wasn't anybody that's been talking about Oscar mania or anybody that's saying that, you know, Oscar got lost in the Becky Lynch shuffle. And so did that championship. And I don't blame Vince for the move that he made. Um, did it surprise me? Yeah, kind of, but in a weird way. And then I see, I know I'll get right back to you, but in a weird way, whenever they started this match, I looked at my daughter and I said, I think they're going to take the title off of Oscar tonight. <laughs> and it was just, it was just like, I, you almost kind of knew, you know, um, but when you kind of take a step back and again, we, and, and this kind of plays into real quick, Josh, all the narratives that everybody pushes out that WWE can never change things last minute because I say it too, because of marketing, because of t-shirts that are already out because of all this stuff, this is proof that they can change a title last minute if they choose to. Um, so one of the complaints that we, you know, that we hear from fans, even including myself, they've proven us wrong again. Um, I actually think this is an intriguing way to put spin on. I think it's a good business decision. I don't know. I mean, you know, Josh, gotta take it from here while my dog's over here whining. <laughs> uh, we're gonna wrap this up soon, real quick, because I know uh, Addis gotta get out real quick. But um, I wanted to say this. This is the last thing I'm gonna talk about this um, because it does affect the stuff with Ronda, Becky, and Charlotte at WrestleMania. Becky said at the beginning of the show that Charlotte was the third wheel and she brought nothing to the table. 
from a character standpoint, Becky has been greedy this entire time in the road to WrestleMania. The man being greedy. She can't decide who she wants to fight. She doesn't know if she wants to fight Ronda and get her out of the WWE or embarrass Charlotte because she's the the real performer out of the feud of these two. Uh, she, she didn't know if she wanted the SmackDown Women's title, the Raw Women's title. She wants to be in the main event of WrestleMania. Becky Lynch wants everything. I love Becky Lynch. Adam loves Becky Lynch. Everybody loves Becky Lynch. She's the man. She earned her spot at WrestleMania. Charlotte right. earned her spot at WrestleMania. Ronda Rousey, no matter what you say, earned her spot at WrestleMania this year. Josh, let me ask this question. Go ahead. What would people rather? Because this this was this was the alternative. Whether you guys realize it or not, this was the alternative and probably what was going to play out. Would you rather have this triple threat, as is right now, two champions, Royal Rumble winner, or would you rather have had Charlotte versus Ronda, one-on-one, main eventing the show with Asuka and Becky for the SmackDown Championship undercarding? Because that's what would have happened. Correct. So Becky Lynch fans, like myself, like my daughter, like, you know, I, like, I mean, Becky right now to me is transcending, you know, uh, pro- professional wrestling, sports entertainment, whatever you want to say. Um, just kind of put that in perspective, guys, because that was probably what would have been the alternative. So I, I'll take what they're giving us. I, I'm, not, I'm not running from this. Like, I, I, if Becky was going to win the Rumble this entire time, right, she should have never been the champion beforehand. Right. So – as far as Charlotte being handed things and this and that, you're placating it to your own narrative that you came up with. It's, it's no, there's no fact behind what you're saying about Charlotte. She's just that damn good. Right. Now, and like, and there you go. So now here's my personal opinion and opinions. You know what they're like. My personal opinion is that WrestleMania 35 was absolutely going to have a women's main event. And it, it, I, in my opinion, I feel like they had it already penciled in Rousey versus Flair. And I feel like Charlotte was going to win the Royal Rumble. And, you know, I, that, I've been saying that for over a year and a half now, dude. You know, before, you know, whenever they first said Rousey was going to have her thing, you know, you know, that that's been my thing was that that'll be the first women's main event. Us fans put Becky in that match. Uh, and so for you to say that we don't, they don't listen to us. Realistically, Becky got put in because of us, because, uh, because she caught fire. And I shouldn't say because of us. Becky did the work. Becky did the hustle. Becky hustled. We caught on, we supported, and they're listening. So this is, I guess, where we should kind of, you know, ultimately, I do think that that the reason why things played out the way they did is more because of us fans and because Becky was able to take that moniker of the man into the stratosphere, you know, Um, so... I, I just think, for a final thought here, like I just think us collectively at times are lazy when it comes to trying to reasoning some of the things that happen on the show and forgetting it's a television show and you can find out that reason a week or two, a pay-per-view after. There's a reason why these stories are played out. Stories are happening, folks. Stories are happening in front of you each week on television. It's going over your head because it's not fitting your reality. And it's just that simple. I mean, we could go through this every single week going through bad take mania, but like, I, I, I don't get it, man. And a lot of times, like we were mentioning earlier, are you actually feeling, are you really resonating with the hot takes that are coming out of your typing figures? Are you really resonating with that? Because it's easy for me to dictate 
uh, not dictate, but I could sense when somebody's being genuine about something and somebody's not. And I think we're doing ourselves more damage on this road to WrestleMania than we need to. Because think about it. The women, we all, we all cried about it for a year or two to have women main event of WrestleMania this year. And it's happening. And you're doing everything you can to ruin it for yourself. Because we don't know who the winner is going to be at WrestleMania this year. It doesn't matter who's going to win at WrestleMania this year. I agree. With you. I absolutely it agree. It doesn't matter. These women are having the spot that every single wrestling fan wanted. So here we are. We're Did a week out for WrestleMania. And you guys want to say that the build for WrestleMania is ruined because Asuka lost her title on Tuesday. And, and I'll say this, Josh. I think the only people that have, have a right to to have feelings or complain or have a grievance with what happened on Tuesday night with Charlotte and, and Asuka and the title changing and, you know, in my pro- own personal opinion, are the women in the SmackDown locker room. Because I could I, – I would understand – working for that company and feeling like an opportunity might have been taken away. Right. You know, so I can see that now. I'm, so I'm not saying, you know, but I'm, you know, I'm trying to look at the big picture side. I'm looking at the fan side. I'm looking at the business side. I'm not trying to say this isn't fair. That isn't fair because ultimately we only know what's fair and unfair until you're in that locker room. We don't know how right. supportive, you know, we don't know what the locker room vibe is. And if everyone in the locker room is supporting the decision, which, you know, I don't know who knows, you know, but it, you know, that, and, and ultimately, Whatever goes on in the locker room isn't our business either, you know. Um, that's something as fans we forget sometimes too. So that's just where I'm at with with you know the whole the whole Charlotte thing. So as we head out this week for the podcast, what are you excited for for WrestleMania this year? Hit us up. Hit us up on Instagram. Hit me up on Twitter. I'd love to give you guys touch. What matches are you looking forward to for WrestleMania weekend and NXT Takeover or the G1 Super Show? There's going to be a lot of wrestling going on next week. Uh, we're going to be celebrating our 150th episode, three years of the Hoops Podcast, uh, formerly known as the Josh Lopez Wrestling Podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun next week. It's going to be our WrestleMania 35 preview show. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have, hopefully, we'll have the, by then, we'll have the return of AJ and her TV PG segment. And that'll be a lot of fun, as always. Uh, but any final thoughts, brothers, before we head out this week? No, man. It's, you know what? It's a weird week. That, like I don't really watch much TV, so the couple shows that I do watch, I think we're all getting preempted because of the NCAA basketball tournament that I totally forgot was even going on. Um, I haven't watched one second of it. I didn't even know. You brought up something earlier. I guess baseball season starts today. Yeah, it starts today, yep. Yeah, I didn't know. Um, I didn't know that at all because I haven't watched baseball since about the eighth grade picnic. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I played in the college and I haven't watched it since then. But, um, you know, it, it's just uh, it's it's one of those, including my own games. They were terrible. Why would I watch them? Um, no, I, you know what, man? I, it's funny because I know a lot of people get excited, especially I don't know the, the age range of the audience that we're, you know, I don't know the age range of my fan base, but, um, and, you know, I don't like saying fan guys. It's a lyric from an MM song to all you young bucks right. out there. But, um, because there's still people, there, dude, there's people that don't probably know that that song or even heard that Eminem album. And it's like, I, oh, man. Anyway, as this old man keeps reminiscing on, on his, uh, previous life. Um, no, dude, it's, it's funny that you do realize as you get older and as your, as, as business picks up and as, you know, your, your, you know, the life, like today happens when you, got, you, you know, your daughter's sick and stuff like that. How, how um, the trivial things in wrestling that for some reason the internet has to go crazy about don't really matter. You know, so maybe that's something that like, just if, if you're this upset about WrestleMania, probably cause you're just trying to go to, you know, overboard with AEW as of right now. Um, although I still am too. So like, you know, it's not, you know, I'm, I, I love the fact what they're doing too, but I, I know I've said this a lot, but um, 
bad take mania wouldn't happen if you guys had something better to do with your lives. Sorry, not sorry. You want a fucking, there you go. Want a hot take? Everybody loves hot takes. There's a hot take. You wouldn't be this miserable if you had a life. Get a life and wrestling won't bother you as much because you just, it's your escape. It's not your life anymore. If you want to make it your life, apply at WWE and then you can tell Vince yourself how miserable the product is and see how long you last. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, make sure to follow Adam at Twitter. But no, not, I keep saying Twitter. I, I nah, just, man. It's a root it's it's of habit from my radio days. I'm sorry, folks. Nah. Make sure to follow Adam on Instagram at AmDaily13. I'm on Twitter and Instagram oh, wow. at The Hoots Podcast. So if you want to catch up with what's going on with our show or anything I do from a writing sense, make sure to hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at The Hoots Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on any uh, podcasting platform, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, even our own YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash The Hoots Podcast, even though they mess up with our numbers each week. Um, you know, <laughs> go, go check our podcast, check our previous episodes, let us know what you think about the podcast. We hope that you enjoy uh, your time listening to us uh, each and every single week, that we don't take that for granted. Uh, you good brothers and good sisters make this worthwhile. So thank all of you for taking time to listen to this week's podcast. Next week will be episode 150. It'll be a lot of fun. So for the Clown Prince, I am Joshin. Thank you guys so much for checking out episode 149 of Who's Pocket. Spoiler alert, beginning promo this week, Baron Corbin and the bookend promo will be Triple H. Route. Get a life, folks. We'll I like see you to get a spoiler week. alert at the end of the show about something that's in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> that's a good point. All right, for the conference, I'm Joshy. I'll see you. We'll see you guys next. This doesn't make me happy. This is a letter from Batista's lawyer. This letter states that Dave Batista will not be competing at WrestleMania this year. Unless, unless I agree to yet one more stipulation. Now, this letter for the stipulation goes all over the place. It's kind of rambling and it goes on and on. Dave talks about a lot of things. He talks about his recent realization that I started evolution as a way to protect my own assets and keep the world title around my waist longer. Really, Dave, you, you just figured that one out now, 13 years later, huh? Dave, Dave apparently had a big week. He realized that and that the moon is not made of cheese. So it was successful for him. He also believes that evolution did nothing for his career, but yet when he walked in evolution, he was the deacon carrying around a collection plate and following Devon Dudley around. But yet when he left Evolution, he was the world heavyweight champion. He also believes that my obsession with him prevented him after he left Evolution from having a meaningful career. But yet six world championships later, he only quit when he realized he just couldn't beat John Cena. The letter did eventually get to the stipulation, which 
I will read from this letter because I want to make sure that I accurately reflect Dave's feelings. Dave said, and I quote, if you would like me to appear then at WrestleMania, you will give me what I want. What I really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna. I mean, this goes on and on. It is like pages of I wanna, I wanna, I wanna. Um, basically, let me just cut to the chase. He says here, I want you to put your career on the line at WrestleMania. Meaning that if he beats me at WrestleMania, I will never compete in this ring again. Dave, you beat up a 70-year-old man one year after being on his deathbed. You put him back in the hospital, all in a lame attempt to get yourself a match at WrestleMania. I then agreed to go to MetLife Stadium on the biggest stage that there is, 75,000 people there, WrestleMania, I agreed to it, and yet you send this letter because this is what you do. This is just another attempt by you to quit. I am not going to let you quit this time, Dave. I'm going to make you stand up to your commitment. I'm going to make you show up. You see, you believe I'm obsessed with you. Here's the thing, Dave. I don't give a crap about you. I never have. There is no obsession. The only thing I am obsessed with, I am obsessed with kicking your ass. And to be honest, if at that, this point in your career and in my career, I cannot beat a self-deluded <laughs> like you, then I'd have no business being in this ring anyways. You want my career on the line at WrestleMania, Dave? You got it. Triple H, Batista, no holds barred. If Batista wins, Triple H won't compete again.